Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. Anxiety and depression can be a very major health impact of prolonged or chronic stress response. So as we start to dive inside this mental and emotional state, less away from the physical state, we want to look at what chronic stress is and its significant factors of risk. My daily actions and responses to stress are powerful, and these are massive determinants of health. As I embrace self-care and maintain a positive mindset, I'm building a foundation for overall wellness, reducing the impact of stress on my body and my mind, and by prioritizing self-love and mindful choices, I create a shield against illness and disease, fostering a life of brilliance, vibrancy, and joy. Stress is an inherent part of human life, and the body's response to stress is a very complex play of both psychological and physiological mechanisms. Think of them like in a dance together, sometimes in a bit of a tug of war and sometimes in a fisticuffs fight. Stress activates the release of various hormones, such as the one we know most of, cortisol and adrenaline, which prepare the body for that fight, flight or freeze response, which I'm sure each and every one of you listening to this right now are very familiar with at points in your life. Now, while these responses are essential for survival, we need them in acute stress situations. They literally keep you alive when fleeing from danger. Prolonged exposure, however, to these stressors is not great and can have a very detrimental effect on the female body, leading to a range of different physical and mental health issues. So in today's episode, I'm taking you inside a detailed yet easily absorbed bite-sized learn lounge with me. I want to share why this topic is important to me and important to you and why it's vital that you end this year and begin a new one filled with 365 new opportunities for enhanced well-being and life choices because everything is a choice and I hope that triggers you. Let's jump into this one together. Hormonal responses to stress are a way of life. They're part of who we are. And when the body perceives a threat or something that it deems to be a risk, the hypothalamus, which is in the brain, signals the adrenal glands, which are in the middle part of our body, to release adrenaline and cortisol. Beautiful, right? This is what we want to happen. And these stress hormones prepare the body to respond to the perceived risk or danger to life. Now, adrenaline increases our heart rate. I'm sure we all know that when we've stood up to do something like a presentation, we've been in an interview, we hit that go live button on our social media and the adrenaline kicks in and we get sweaty and the heart rate is pounding. Yeah, dry mouth, all the things. Blood pressure rises. And while cortisol gets together with that, (laughs) your energy stores are a bit suppressed, 
your non-essential bodily functions, like even digestion. Have you ever noticed that even things like going to the bathroom, if you have a high perceived adrenaline spike, yeah, blood pressure, heart rate, everything's up, all of a sudden you don't feel hungry, you don't need to go to the bathroom. There's a reason for that. Yeah, the absolute reason for that is because these non-essential body functions in that time, like digestion, like going to the bathroom, and even like reproductive processes are switched off. And if we're fleeing or we're fleeing a saber-toothed tiger, think back to what this fight, flight or freeze response was really designed for, was keeping us safe and alive, literally running for our lives. We don't have that anymore. Well, sometimes we do, I suppose. And we certainly don't need to then be going to the bathroom, don't then need to be eating or wanting to have sex. And all of these functions are therefore turned off by the body, by the hypothalamus, and our body is instructed by the brain to run as fast as you can. You need to survive this. What does that mean for us? What's the hormonal response to stress? Well, I went on a deeper dive into this. I wanted to understand what do we need to know about adrenaline and cortisol and found the most interesting research articles and the most really profoundly interesting way of explaining this. So the research studies that I have read and some of them skim read and some of them extracted a lot of deep you, you know what, you, what I mean when I say this. If you're someone like me who loves to go into a research hole, you find yourself with about 20 to 30 tabs open and you keep researching and reading and finding more before all of a sudden you're like, wow, that was two hours of my life and now I feel way more knowledgeable on the thing. So the studies that I have read have really highlighted that there is this immediate effect of adrenaline release during stress response. Yeah, we know that, nothing new. But adrenaline, or as we can also call it, some of you might know it as this, as epinephrine, is a key player in fight or flight response. And this activates something called our sympathetic nervous system, or SNS, if we like an acronym for short. You also have a parasympathetic nervous system, or PNS for short, both sounds super familiar to one another, of course, but responsible for different functions. The SNS being your fight or flight response and your PNS being your system that is responsible for feed and breed response. Yeah, playing a very crucial role in promoting relaxation and recovery, maintaining that homeostasis, that balance in life. And it counterbalances the effects of the sympathetic nervous system. So that fight, flight, freeze, ensuring that the body can respond appropriately to both stress and to restorative activities. So it allows you to feel safe and relaxed and at ease, contributing to overall psychological and physiological well-being. So we need both of these to be playing and we need them to be playing their roles beautifully and in symphony with one another. Now, where we look at cortisol and this adaptive stress response that it can have, we know that cortisol often referred to as our stress hormone. Fun fact on this is that we actually would die if we did not have cortisol release. Well, this plays a crucial role in orchestrating our body's response to what we would deem to be long-term or prolonged bouts of stress response. And it's released in a more gradual, yeah, sustained manner. This isn't something that is like 
it does flood the body, but it doesn't just go boom, all of that 100% of cortisol has happened to you at once. It's a gradual release. It builds up over time compared to adrenaline, for example, which is that boom happens all at once and gives us that huge adrenaline spike. And we've seen some extensive research into this. And as I was reading it, we could see that we've got so much evidence that shows that stress and the brain have this big impact. We've got impacts around glucose metabolism. We've got impacts around immune system and actually the immunosuppression that it can have on the health of the body and on the body's ability to regulate stress response. We know that we've got this beautiful, really like complicated and intricate relationship between cortisol and our immune system, highlighting that cortisol's dual role in both enhancing and suppressing our immune function. And that is a really interesting one to look at. So we've got a lot of these observational studies, we've got randomized control trials, and you know, those are the ones we want more of, right? Those are the gold standard stuff. But when we get to look at what this prolonged release of cortisol or stress release is on the body, we know it's not good for health. So looking at this interplay between adrenaline and cortisol, it got me intrigued to see, well, what does the connection between those actually mean on the body? Well, we know that the connection and the actions of adrenaline and cortisol are essential for preparing the body to face risk or stress or needing to run, hide, do what it needs to do to survive. And it shows that we have this coordinated effect within our hormones and our endocrine system. It all works together. It's not just one thing doing a job. It emphasizes that there's this energy mobilization, this big surge of who we need to run, even if we've just been sleeping. Yeah, if you think about hearing these stories of individuals who are fast asleep and then the fight alarm goes off, it's that whole alertness of we have an alert to risk and we are either going to respond or we're going to fight, flight, freeze. Yeah, we're going to respond to it. We're going to run from it or we're going to stand still and we're going to hope the shark does not see us. This is the body's response and the brain is doing all of this amazing stuff to help us understand what we need to do to survive that situation. Think of this as the regulation of our systemic responses to stress. It's probably the best way of explaining it. But we have these long-term massive implications of what we refer to as chronic elevation of cortisol. And this has been linked to many adverse health outcomes. Lots of studies on this. And a lot of them explore the impact of chronic stress on regulating our cortisol and emphasizing really the potential role of how that dysregulates patterns within our body's ability to thrive during stress. So when we talk about fight, flight or freeze response, I want to understand a little bit more in this space and, you know, go on this discussion journey with you here around, well, how are we not adapting to this? We're no longer running from, you know, we're not cavemen and women anymore or cave people. We're not running away from big saber-toothed tigers anymore. And, you know, we're in this kind of modern day life, but actually is the new saber-toothed tiger 
the social media platforms? Is the saber-toothed tiger still the ongoing, for example, pain gap and gaslighting in the medical space that a lot of women experience? Are we facing a lot more, but just not very vigil in the space of it's got claws and big sharp teeth and running after us? It's sliding into DMs, right? You're not welcome in there. So the flight, fight or freeze response is this evolutionary adaptation that it has been designed and we know it's there to enhance our survival. We wouldn't survive without it for immediate danger, of course. Now, when we think about stress and this heightened alertness that we then have, we get an increased heart rate. We have dilated pupils, potentially sweaty palms. The blood flow within the body is redirected. Like, how cool is this? Redirected to the essential vital organs that are going to help us survive that immediate situation. Mm -hmm. We're going to need to either flee it or we're going to need to freeze from it. And while these responses are so crucial for that short-term survival, it's in the chronic activation. What we mean by that is it's never switched off, never truly switched off, can lead to this cascade of massive adverse effects on our female bodies. And when we look at the effects that then menopause has on that, when we bring menopause into the mix, it is not a wonder that many women feel that they have literally woken up one day and do not know what the hell is happening to them. So there can be great physical impacts on our beautiful female bodies. Prolonged stress can contribute to cardiovascular issues, including hypertension, so high blood pressure, and increased risk of heart disease itself. Now, we already know that we are 50% more at risk in postmenopausal years of cardiovascular-related disease and heart-related risk. And we know that that's the case because estradiol, in particular from our estrogen, is really heart-protective and, of course, really significantly drops throughout our perimenopause, leaving pretty much a very baseline amount at the time of postmenopause. The continuous release then of stress hormones on top of all of this that's going on inside our body may lead to chronic inflammation, negatively and vastly impacting on our blood vessels and our heart itself as our beautiful big organ. So this chronic stress is something that we hear people talk a lot about, but do they truly understand what it means? Well, it's a disruptor. It's a disruptor to normal functioning of our reproductive system. We're already going through a bit of a disruptor to that throughout our menopausal journey to the end of our reproductive years. But not just that, this chronic stress impact can lead to our irregular menstrual cycles. So again, something I talk a lot about with women inside my communities, inside my one-to-one coaching support, inside my education academy, is that it's not always that irregular menstrual cycles will equal perimenopause. It's not always that any type of disruption to what's deemed to be quote unquote normal for someone will equal perimenopause or menopause. So being alert to this is important because we will inevitably be dealing with a lot of women that are possibly in menopausal stage, but maybe chronically unwell with stress. Now, this can lead to other things like fertility issues and challenges, increased risk of complications during pregnancy, 
And of course, the release of stress hormones may just interfere with our hormones, our full endocrine system, beautifully designed to work in harmony like an orchestra. So stress hormones suppress our immune system, making the body more susceptible to infection, illness, disease, weakening immune system in response to that can contribute to the development of autoimmune disorders and other health complications. And of course, prolonged stress can cause major digestive problems and disruptions, including irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. There are many women, you may be one of them listening to this today, that have either confirmed diagnosed IBS or suspected and self-diagnosed but ultimately inflammation of the gastrointestinal tract becoming a big problem for us. And stress hormones can disrupt the balance of our gut bacteria, our microbes. We have trillions of microbes within the gut bacteria. And if they're not thriving and flourishing, then unfortunately we may be losing some of them. So this can further exasperate a lot of digestive issues. And of course, as a nutritionist, I am vastly impressed and intrigued by the way that the gut functions. You know, that smooth gut muscle that we have is really fed by our female sex hormones, estrogen or estradiol in particular, progesterone. And when that gut muscle is happy and smooth and enjoying life, (laughs) it is absorbing your macro and micronutrients beautifully. When it's not, it's not. So we can also find that anxiety and depression can be a very major health impact of prolonged or chronic stress response. So as we start to dive inside this mental and emotional state, less away from the physical state, we want to look at what chronic stress is and its significant factors of risk. In that it can be the starting point for many women for the development of anxiety and or depression. And this is important because we are seeing a rise of mental health issues and it's important for us as women, um, I see you, I feel you and I hold safe space for you to know that you are not alone if this is how you are feeling. But the constant activation of stress response can alter what we refer to as neurotransmitter levels in the brain. Yeah, and these contribute either powerfully or negatively to mood disorders. So when we think about cognitive impacts, I want to look at what this means if we're talking about prolonged stress impacts and how that can really impair things like our cognitive functionality. Again, another key symptom that we would state as being perimenopausal or menopausal brain fog or cognitive dysregulation. But this can affect our memory, it can affect our attention levels, can affect our ability to even make decisions, our ability to show up and have high energy, our ability to really think about daily functioning and quality of life. So it's really vitally talked about now mental health, mental well-being. But we also need to think about this in the terms of, well, what does it mean when we actually don't understand or realise that we are living in constant and chronic level stress response? Well, the big gun in all of this is it can ultimately lead to what we refer to as shutdown response. So let me talk a bit about this. In cases of prolonged exposure to stress, over time, 
maybe constantly, consistently, on a daily basis to some degree, where the body is having no opportunity to go into more of the parasympathetic nervous system response of relaxation and safety, the body may enter a state of shutdown as a self-protective mechanism. The body is amazing, super, super in tune with what it needs to do to survive. And this shutdown can involve depletion of energy reserves. We can see suppression of immune function and heightened susceptibility to physical and mental health issues. So where you are someone who has maybe never experienced any of that before, you've always been really healthy, really well, you're all of a sudden catching the more common colds over the winter time, viral infections. You're noticing things like maybe, I don't know, like psoriasis, for example, or flare-ups of eczema if you have that. Your asthma response may have returned. You may notice things like even fungal nail infections. You may notice that you are bloated and sore, constipated or diarrhea more frequently. These are those physiological responses in the body and could be very much triggered by this prolonged exposure to stress over time. So the shutdown response in us females is important to talk about because when we look at what we have research-wise, there are indications that there's such a thing known as shutdown response in women And this research predominantly carried out with female rodents and we are 100% not rodents, ladies. So we do tend to read research like this with a pinch of salt in my world, but research nonetheless that has examined the stress impacts and responses in both male and female rats. I'm sure we all know a few of those, right, in our lifetime, but we are certainly not rodents. So... Let's look at the physiological mechanisms of this shutdown. What do we mean by it? Well, when we look at prolonged exposure to stress responses or instances within our day and our life that cause us to feel stressed, and there's a difference between, this is a really important point to make, where we go, oh my God, I'm so stressed. But actually, recognizing that that's how we are triggering and feeling, we're telling ourselves, oh my God, I'm so stressed and this is not happy. This is not my happy place. It's important to note that we have choice in those moments. We always have choice. So it's really vital that we recognize that when we are noticing things like, okay, my heart rate is going, I'm feeling a bit sweaty. I don't actually feel like I'm in a happy, relaxed state right now. I want you to recognize that you are having a release of either cortisol and or your release of adrenaline. Your body's wanting to respond to a situation that you and your brain are deeming to be, quote unquote, a risk zone. When we really go into the observations around stress exposure, and we're talking about this state of shutdown, where the body literally initiates this self-protective response to conserve our energy stores for the vital organs it needs to keep us alive. How incredible, right? It really honestly blows my mind how incredible our bodies are. My body and your body and everybody's body. Incredible. There's this piece, this concept of what we refer to as allostatic load. Now, I don't need you to remember that. When I first came across this, I was like, what the heck a doodle is that? Like, seriously. When we think about this concept, I want you to realize that what this is, is in a concept of stress and the physiology of the body, it's basically referring to 
that there is this wear and tear over time on the body as it continuously adapts to the demands of daily life stressors, especially in the response to chronic stress that we deem to be there. Now, this might be a demanding relationship. It might be a a stressful commute that you have on a day-to-day basis into work. might be work itself. But whatever it is that is triggering that stress response and reaction in your body and bringing those body systems into either dysregulation or upregulation, depending on what it is, this is where the endocrine system from your brain all the way down into your ovaries as females is having to play a role in trying to respond, keep you alive and regulate. This is where things like the immune system, the cardiovascular systems of our heart, and they work together in this beautiful harmony. Do love a harmony. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to break into song for you now. But we need this to maintain stability, or as we love to refer to it in the health and nutrition industry as homeostasis. We have reached homeostasis. This is the goal, people. This is the goal. So however, let's just jump back in. I went on a squirrel moment there. When these systems are repeatedly activated or like I've referred to previously, dysregulated over time, it can result in this accumulation effect of damage. Yeah, this physiological damage on the body, increased risk of various health problems. Cue your head cold. Cue your viral infection. Cue your panic attack. So allostasis involves the body's adaptive responses to stressors, such as the release of stress hormones like cortisol, changes in heart rate, which elevates at the time of this repeated stress. So while these responses are crucial for short-term survival, we need that to happen. Chronic activation over long-term time can lead to allostatic load, meaning you're never getting out of the bit and creating a new less than healthy norm for yourself. Then there's this idea that the body's stress response designed for that short-term challenge can become maladaptive when continuously activated. Like, holy bleep. This is not good. The prolonged or excessive release of stress hormone, repeated activation of these inflammatory pathways and other physiological and psychological responses can literally mean that you over time have had this gradual weight and tear on your organs and your systems and your body has learned a new baseline. Over time, this weight and tear can lead to various health issues, including cardiovascular disease risk, metabolic disorders, immune system dysfunction, and even cognitive decline and disease. We are not here for any of that, ladies. We just are not open for that. It's not welcome and we're not calling that in. So when we think about this, there's a part to it where I do want to trigger you with what I'm about to share, but I say it from a place of love, compassion, and because I want you to be well. So this whole cognitive impact and behavioral response, it's not just physiological that we feel it in the body with backache and leg pain and nerve pain, all of these things can be triggered by this allostatic load. But we can also feel that there's this manifesting that can happen, this cognitive and behavioural manifesting that can happen. And we've had a lot of research and various measures to this to look at 
what do these biomarkers tell us? What are the cortisol levels showing, the blood pressure and inflammatory markers even showing us? And providing us with these insights and beautiful links to what chronic stress can show up and and I suppose dysregulate within our health. It's just not okay. It's not okay that then we are not aware of that and that we're not able to make choice to come out the other side of it. Because chronic stress can deplete energy reserves. We've covered that. Chronic stress can impact our metabolic processes. We've covered that. Gut impacts. But we've had multiple different studies in this space and you just need to go into Google and type in energy or metabolic impact of stress and you will be able to see hundreds of them. The connection between this and the alteration of how we eat, how we show up for ourselves, how we behave around food. There's a lot of disruptions in our metabolic regulation and it just shows us how stress-induced changes can impact our appetite, our energy and can contribute to that shutdown. Again, we're not okay with that. We're not here for it. We are not calling it in. So I want you to be aware of what these impacts to chronic stress can mean for you. Rather than just allowing for it to show up every day, knowing that there is this potential link between prolonged stress and increased risk of disease, cardiovascular and metabolic, suppression of your immune function, we are not okay with that. The shutdown response involving this suppression of your immune system, leaving the body more vulnerable to infection, illness and disease. And again, there's this intricate relationship between stress and the immune system, which can be really emphasizing of being immunosuppressed yeah, through stress. And we get to choose, we get to make the choice as to how we want either our central nervous system or our parasympathetic nervous system to be the dominant player in this. So this shutdown response, not limited to the physiological changes, but impacting on our psychological and cognitive function. Again, examined through multiple different research articles and reports that show that the impact of chronic stress on our hippocampus inside the brain and its role in memory and cognition is important. So again, it's not just perimenopause that can cause this, it's also stress impacts that can literally have the brain closing off those neural connections, those pathways and communication signals because of stress-induced changes in the brain structure and cognitive impairment. So I would really love for you to take away an understanding of the impacts of stress hormones on the female body, on your body, on our bodies, and the fight, flight or freeze response being crucial, yes, for developing those effective interventions to make sure that we can run away if we need to and save our life. It's important. But strategies as stress management techniques will show us mindfulness, social support, being involved in community, having guidance and support and tools within your toolbox to promote well-being. We don't just mean well-being as a flippant off the you know, tongue-in-cheek remark. It's literally you being well, preventing long-term health effects associated with prolonged stress. Because again, you have choice. So I want to ask you this. How stressed are you right now? How long Have you been feeling the way you feel? And with what you know now, 
How long will you choose to allow it to stay that way? Everything we do is choice. Please let that trigger the absolute F out of you right now because I see you and I'm holding a safe space for you to feel the way you feel. Being triggered by this means that you know there is a need for change and change can feel scary when you don't know what and how. So choose you and make that first step your step to overcoming the impacts of chronic stress on your body. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I want to share one more thing with you with an open mind and an open heart because this is important to me because I know it's important to you. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.